friends. You're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. As always, I really appreciate you joining me and being here for another week. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about how to get feedback from the people around you about your products and about your shop and what you're planning on selling, especially if you are newer to the platform or newer to the idea of turning this crafting hobby or kind of side hustle into an actual business that's going to make you money. So we want to get feedback about those products so that you can improve your product and really present it with the best foot forward and in the best light that you can from the get-go or to sort of preemptively improve the product that you may be thinking about selling online because you haven't really dove into that world yet and you're nervous too because you're not really sure about your product. So getting that feedback from the people around you allows you to improve your products and get an outside perspective and also just to feel more confident about the product that you're selling and about the market that you're kind of diving into. I think it's really important as you are getting started online or as you're building your online shop to consistently get feedback from people about your products, about your business, about your packaging, whatever, about all aspects of it. Whether that's your customer leaving you a review on Etsy, if you have consistent enough sales that you can get that feedback from your customers um, who are responding directly to your products and maybe giving you suggestions or maybe they're reaching out to you through Etsy combos or whatever. Or if you don't have that kind of momentum yet um, and you don't really have those sales to be able to get consistent feedback from customers, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your family that you're giving a sample to or an example to so that they can tell you what they like, what they don't like, so that you can kind of have that jump off point for where you want to go in the direction of your shop and where you can improve or what you want to improve. However, I do want to caveat this by saying that there are places in your business and pieces of your business that I don't necessarily think that your friends and family are maybe qualified to offer suggestions. Obviously, it depends on the background of your friends and family. If you have a family member that, let's say, owned a gift shop and your items are like the perfect gift shop item, then maybe that person is absolutely across the board going to be really good to get advice from. But in general, for those of us that just have friends and family that are supportive but don't really have any business background, um, this is something that comes up a lot of times with my students and with people that I work with. And it's actually come up in my personal life before as well. But sometimes our friends and family are not really qualified to tell us about how to like price our product. That would be one that jumps into my mind that people a lot of times are not qualified to give advice on because either your friends and family are so incredibly supportive 
that they will offer you like a bajillion dollars for something (laughs) and they want to buy everything that you make and they don't have any sort of constructive criticism or more likely, I think this happens more often, they really underpay you for what you're doing. So especially I think with people that you're very close to, and this is not a criticism of them, I think that it's really common to maybe not value the expertise or the experience of people that you know really well. Um, But uh, what I find a lot of times is that the people that you're closer to are less willing to pay a more premium price for your product. So they're just, they're not valuing your time in the same way. They're not looking at it from a business perspective where you have to pay taxes and you have to pay, you know, the employment taxes like social security and all that stuff. You're having to pay for supplies and machinery and the years that it's taken you to perfect this craft and all that. They think that it's kind of just like, well, you're doing this anyway, so why can't you just make one for me? That's not that hard for you. And it's not, but you know, that's not how you run a business. (laughs) So pricing is an area where I would not necessarily ask for feedback from people that you know, um, because I think that they don't really have an unbiased opinion. And also a lot of times they just don't know the online market, like what they may pay locally or what people in your local area may be willing to pay is different than what people worldwide are willing to pay on, you know, an online platform. So it's just different. But so that's my caveat. Don't necessarily ask people about pricing that don't have experience selling online. So all of that being said, what kind of stuff can we ask for advice on and how do we get this constructive criticism so that we can get feedback about our products when maybe they're not selling that well or you're just starting out? The first thing that I would ask somebody, and this these are questions that I would honestly have people kind of sit down and go through them with you so that you can get a holistic perspective from one person. I wouldn't just, you know, toss it out there and ask them one question where they're just like, oh, yeah, that's nice, whatever. You want to actually have like a dialogue with somebody about this so that you can get the feedback. So the first question I would ask would be, who do you think would buy this and who do you think they would be buying it for? This helps to kind of narrow down your customer base. It is really important when you're selling online to hone in on a specific customer. So this is my dream customer for people that have gone through my Etsy Roadmap to Success course. There's a whole module about developing your dream customer. Having the conversation with somebody else about who they think would be interested in this product and why they think this product would appeal to that specific person can be really helpful as you try to narrow down who that dream customer is, why are they buying your product, when are they buying your product, what would be an occasion that they would be buying it for, or the reasons that would inspire them to actually add it to their cart and check out. So by asking somebody else about who they think would be interested in the product and why they think the product would appeal to that person, it can really help you to niche down and to have a more solid idea in mind of who that is. And also somebody else might have a different perspective. Maybe you have a tendency to think that the only people that would be interested in your product would be somebody that's exactly like you. And so then it's hard for you to kind of mentally branch out of just the season of life that you're in, your age, your location, your lifestyle, whatever. 
And maybe somebody else has a completely different perspective because they're not in that same season of life or, you know, that same sort of demographic that you're in. And so they have a different perspective that you might not have thought about. One of the mistakes that I see students make when I'm working with them one-on-one or a lot of times when they're just starting in my courses is that they want to describe the product in their titles and their tags exactly just as the product. So if they are making a necklace, they describe it exactly as it physically is without any explanation or any sort of selling points. But by narrowing down who you're selling to and why that person is buying it, it can really help you to target that person in your SEO. So instead of listing something as a silver necklace, perhaps you're listing it as a Mother's Day charm necklace. So that really helps to appeal to that buyer a lot more. But before you're able to appeal to that buyer, you have to know who that buyer is. And maybe you have a really specific dream customer in your mind, but if you don't, it can help you to get started along that process by asking somebody else who they think that that interested customer would be. And even if you do have a really specific dream customer in your mind, it is always good to get feedback from other people about who they think would be buying it and for what kind of occasion they think that it would be purchased. The next question is kind of goes along. All of these questions are kind of related to each other, but this one would focus more on how often do you think somebody would be buying something like this? What kind of occasion or what kind of holiday sticks out as something that this could work for? When I first started my shop, Funky Monkey Children, I really thought that my dream customer that I was trying to appeal to was a mother who was buying something for her own nursery or for her own baby, you know, like a pregnant mom who's shopping online for herself. But what has really ended up happening in the trend that I saw through the years is that people were buying them a lot of times for somebody else as a baby shower gift. So I have changed my marketing from really trying to appeal to that mom who's shopping for herself to try to target people who are buying stuff as baby shower gifts. So talking to somebody else and kind of talking through what kind of occasion somebody would be buying for or the holiday that they might be buying for can, again, really help you to decide or hone in on who you're targeting, why you're targeting them, and kind of the psychology behind why they're deciding to make this purchase. This is a really, really critical question for you to be able to answer as you're building your shop and as you are listing your products. You need to be able to know exactly who would want to buy this item and why they would want to buy it. And if your answer to that is, I don't know why they would buy it, or I don't know who would buy it, I guess anybody could buy it for anybody as a gift or for themselves or whatever, it's going to be really, really difficult for you to market your product to your dream customer because you don't even really have an idea of who would be attracted to your product and why they would be attracted to it. And in a marketplace like Etsy or the internet or life in general, you have to be able to understand really, really thoroughly why somebody is attracted to your product so that you can highlight those things that are attractive to them. There are so many products on the internet and there are so many products in our lives being put in front of us all the time that you really need to have an understanding of what makes your product unique and who is interested in buying your product. 
The next question I would ask somebody is about how they would describe your product or what words they would use to describe the things that you're making. I think a lot of times, especially if you have a shop that makes a lot of the same kinds of things, which you should if you're niched down and really understanding your narrower market, we tend to kind of get into a rut of how we're describing items or we get into kind of a rut of using the same words over and over and over again in our titles and our tags and our SEO. But having this conversation with somebody else and kind of picking their brain about how they would describe your item or what words they would use to describe it and to search for an item like that if they were shopping for it can really help you to expand your keyword bank and be able to expand how you describe your items and have a sort of broader word choices to pull from when you're writing those titles and optimizing your SEO so that you're not having to use the same words over and over and over again. If you have somebody that you're talking to that's not a super helpful participant in this, really encourage them to dive in deeper. So for example, if you're selling a necklace and you say, how how would you describe this item if you were gonna search for it? And they say, well, I would search for a necklace. Then ask them some more follow-up questions. What kind of necklace? What would you type into the search box? Who would you be buying it for? What kind of color is the necklace? What kind of materials? What style? All those kinds of things. If somebody is searching on Etsy for a necklace and they sit down at their computer or they sit down at their phone and they say, I'm going to buy a necklace, they're they're never going to just type in necklace in the search bar. That's not going to be nearly specific enough for them to even have remotely narrow enough choices to figure out what they're looking for. And when they're buying something, they already have somebody in mind, some sort of style in mind, some holiday that they're buying for. They're not shopping so generally as just to type in necklace in the search bar. So if somebody gives you an answer like that, dig a little bit deeper. Ask them a little more follow-up questions to get more descriptive terminology or to get inside their head a little bit more about why they would be buying it and who they would be buying it for. The next thing I would ask them would be, how can I prove this item? I think it's important to get constructive criticism from people that are looking at your products, they're feeling them, they're touching them, they're actually in person before you start selling them online and before you're selling them to strangers who don't necessarily have any connection to you. Sometimes we are too hard on ourselves and we think an item is not good enough or not worthwhile or nobody's really going to want to buy it when actually it's really awesome and it's going to sell really well and people really love it. And sometimes the opposite happens and we think things are actually better than they really are. And we need the feedback from somebody to hear about ways that We can improve the item and improve the value and improve the buyer's experience overall. I had this experience um, in my own shop when this was many years into my business and gift wrapping items is something that I've always struggled with. I hate gift wrapping, like even in my personal life, I dread wrapping Christmas presents. It's just not my forte. I also don't really appreciate good wrapping. It's not really something that I care about. So I struggle to provide that as a seller because it's just not something that I really excel at. And because of that, my gift wrapping has always been pretty marginal. But 
About a year and a half ago, my mom was helping me package up some items because I was super backed up and behind. And she just really um, was honest about her feedback with my packaging, which deep down I knew like this packaging is not really acceptable for the price that people are paying and for the kind of experience that I'm wanting to provide with my items. But having somebody really call me out about that kind of kicked my butt into gear of, okay, I need to fix this and really look into a different solution because Up to that point, I had looked into having boxes and gift wrapping the boxes and all this stuff that was costing me a fortune. And I was like, I just don't, I don't think it's possible. Like, I don't think that I can do this in a way that's going to be cost effective and is not going to make me lose a ton of money on the shipping and everything being heavier and just all these different aspects of it. But by getting that feedback from somebody else and sort of opening my eyes to what else is out there, like I ended up purchasing some gift bags that are a really thin kind of mesh fabric stuff, um, which doesn't make the shipping heavier and it still provides like a nice gift bag that looks nice and whatever. So just having that outside perspective of A, this is important and what you're doing is not really what people will be expecting. And B, here's some alternative solutions. Like my mom helped me to find on my supplier's website, she went through a whole bunch of options and looked at the sizes and looked at the materials and looked at what the weight of that item would be to really help narrow that down and to say, okay, maybe I can order some samples of this and try it out and and really make that change. And it has been a really good change. I do, I mean, I still struggle with gift wrapping. I still would not say that my gift wrapping is amazing, but it's a lot better than it used to be. So I think having that perspective from somebody else about things that you can improve on or ways that you can improve and what that expectation would be from the buyer perspective. Because like I said, for me, the gift wrapping is not a really important part of it, but there are a lot of people who really prioritize that. So for somebody like my mom to say, if I ordered this as a baby gift and that was the way that you wrapped it, I would not be very happy with that, is a good reality check for me to say, okay, just because I'm not prioritizing this doesn't mean that everybody else is gonna be okay with this kind of substandard, sub subpar packaging. However, I will also caveat that by saying that getting different opinions from different people sometimes can be overwhelming because everybody is going to value different things about the experience or value a different part of it. So maybe, you know, if my mom had suggested that I wrap these in super fancy gift wrapping and have all this, um, you know, confetti stuff in the box and buy gift cards and do calligraphy on them or whatever. That would not be something that would be sustainable for my business. Like it would be too time consuming. It would be too expensive. It just wouldn't work for my business model. So you do have to have an understanding of kind of what your limit of what you're willing to do is and how to move forward with that. And if somebody offers you a suggestion that's just totally not going to work for your business, you have to know enough about your business and to know enough about how that's going to impact your ability to get stuff out fast, your ability to ship things cheaply, all of that kind of stuff. Um, because they are coming from purely the buyer perspective, which doesn't necessarily take into account the the costs and you know the time consumingness of it all. The last question that I would ask people if I was sitting down and talking to them about all of this and getting their perspective 
is to ask them, what is your favorite aspect of this item? Again, we're just trying to get feedback about the item or about the selling features or the things that are positives or negatives about this item. Sometimes it's hard if you just go to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about this? They're more likely to give you kind of a just generic blanket answer. Yeah, it's fine. But, or, oh, it's so cute, but they would not actually buy it or they have criticism that they're not really telling you or they absolutely love it, but they're not gushing about it because, you know, you're just sort of offhandedly asking them this question. So by asking more specific questions, like what is your favorite aspect of the item, this allows them to highlight the things that really draw their attention. So this can be helpful to you as the seller as you are writing the description of the item, as you are highlighting the features to then go and sell to somebody through social media or through your actual listing description. Because although we like to think that we're very unique and special, we're actually more alike than we like to admit. So the things that draws somebody else in are more likely to draw other people in as well. The things that your family point out as their favorite aspect of the item is probably most likely going to also be the favorite aspect of the item for your customers as well. So by getting that feedback from other people and highlighting this selling feature, this favorite aspect, whatever it is, it can really help you to hone in on it as you talk about your products wherever you're talking about them. If you're doing craft shows, if you're selling in your description on Etsy, if you're writing an email, whatever. It helps you to know what is the thing that makes somebody drawn to this item? What do they see about it that really draws them in and makes them want to buy it and makes them want to be a buyer of the item? And it also helps you to know if you're going to take pictures of your item, this could be an extra part. You know, you have 10 pictures in your Etsy listing. So maybe you take extra pictures of that angle or a close-up of the gemstone that you used in that necklace or the sheen of the jewel that you're that you've used and you're taking a picture of it in different lighting so that people can see the difference in colors or they can see when the sun shines on it or something like that. So you know what people really love about your item that allows you to really, really hone in on that part of it. And that's what makes your item unique. And that's what people, why they want to buy it and what draws it to them. So those are my top five questions that you can ask people around you to get feedback for your shop and about your products. I hope that this super actionable step-by-step episode has been helpful for you. If you want to continue the conversation or if you want to get feedback from other people who maybe are outside your niche and outside your immediate circle, I would love to have you join us in the free Facebook group Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. You can go to creativemomboss.com forward slash Facebook and it will automatically direct you to that Facebook group where you can request access. But again, it is a totally free group. We would be more than happy to provide you feedback about your shop and your products and answer these kinds of questions for you as you become a member of the community and we can help each other out. Until next time, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Oh,